Want to know how to budget for school trips? Save on school uniform? Make days out affordable? Have a great Christmas without spending a fortune? And even how to chip away at your mortgage? Well, my guest today has the savvy know-how to do just that. I'm talking to Gemma Bird, who is best known to hundreds of thousands of parents on Insta and TikTok as Money Mom. Far from being a wealthy expert, Gemma has held down multiple jobs to make ends meet and is keen for us to drop the secrecy around talking about money, especially with our kids, who she says we should empower from a young age when it comes to finances. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. I launched Brummy Mummies as a community for families to share with you stories and tips from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. Gemma's daily tips have saved families a fortune and she's sharing her very best suggestions right here on the Brummy Mummies podcast today. We have lots of episodes about money saving, so why not subscribe to find out more about what we can all be doing to get a bit more cash in our pockets. Right now, though, I want to know what tricks Gemma has up her sleeve for us when it comes to paying the bills and having some leftover to enjoy ourselves. Hi, Gemma. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, Zoe. All right? Yeah, good. Thank you. Are you? Yeah, not too bad. I've had a bit of a nightmare morning, but I'm all right now. Kids. Oh, good. Now, I know everybody's talking about saving money at the moment with the cost of living rising, but you've been talking about it for ages and your story is really inspiring. Can you tell me a bit about how you worked multiple jobs and managed to get your mortgage paid off by the age of 40? Yeah, so, I mean, with regards to the mortgage, that was that was a real mixture of investments and savings and working hard and the right place, right time as well. Um, but I always worked three jobs because I was never on like a really high income or anything like that. So for me, it was always, okay, how am I going to make a small amount of money go further? So I basically worked at a pub. Um, I was training to be a driving instructor. I worked at a bank. I've done lots and lots and lots of different jobs. Like even growing up, like one of my first jobs was I had like a newspaper round, pulling the trolley along. Um, And I went mushroom picking and things like that. So I always, if I wasn't earning enough money, I would um, go to another job and try and get more money by doing it that way, whether that was like evening work, weekend work. So I think it's just the way my parents have always been with me as well. Like they've really installed, like if you want something, you've got to work for it um, and you've got to save up. And I was never like bright at school or anything like that. And I always thought, you know what, I'm not going to ever be like a doctor or a lawyer. So I'm going to have to make whatever money I make go along, go a long way. So I think I've always been, in, well, I have always been in the mindset of saving and watching what I've been spending because I've, you know, I've never been in that world where I've earned lots and lots of money in a job that I couldn't not be. So it's when people say, how you like it? I just think, also, I've got bad anxiety. So I think it just all falls into one, you know? Like, I'm a warrior. So I think I'm like, oh, right, (laughs) better be like that and save and, like, oh, better not buy that. It's just the way I am as well. So I do think it's in your makeup. So is it, it's not just about earning from multiple sources. It's what you do with that money afterwards then? Absolutely. You know, I've got friends that have earned 
so much more money than me that I would call it amazing wages. But they'll still say they've got no money or they'll be in debt or they'll be in credit cards, you know, because they're not looking at what's coming in. So you could have a friend that earns 100 grand a year and you earn 20 grand a year, but that friend isn't better off than you. It's always looking at, you know, what it's not It's not what comes in, it's what goes out, you know. If you've got £1,000 coming in but you've only got £100 going out, you're, you're really well off. You've got £900 left a month. So um, it's always been like that. And I've always... I've I've seen it for years and years and years, the sort of the culture where we spend more than what we bring in. And I think it's only been sort of with COVID and this huge cost of living crisis that people that I would have said before didn't look at that are now looking at that and thinking, okay, right, things need to change. And actually, we don't need everything. We don't need to put everything on credit cards. We don't need everything now. It is okay to wait and looking at what's really, really important. Uh, I love all of your feeds and, and all the, the ideas that you share. Could you give me your top 10 tips on saving money? So there's lots. I'd say the first thing to do if you want to save money is, and it, this sounds a really obvious one, but I find that, I mean, I did a poll on it the other week and so many people still hadn't done it, is write down what goes in, but what goes out. So loads of people say, yeah, I know, I, I know I take home £2,500 a month. And I'm like, okay, oh yeah, and I know my mortgage is £800 or whatever, but... I'm, when I talk about that, like, that means like your petrol, your gas, your electric, food, all those staple things. It, it, does your daughter do a ballet class? Does your son do football? You know, all these little things, write absolutely everything down. So that would be my first thing and see what you've got left over first. And my top tips for saving money is always clear your debt first. Never save while you've got debt because you'll be probably, unless it's 0%, you'll be getting um, interest on that debt. And even if it is 0%, I think just mindset, get rid of that debt, wipe a Get a fresh start for saving money. So I'd always say that. Also, if you're new to saving, I would say start small. Don't get yourself in in a stress that you've got to put away £800 a month, you know. Start small. Even if you put away a pound a day, uh, a pound a week, a pound a month, whatever it is, you are saving something. Set yourself a goal that is realistic to you that you're going to stick to so that if you don't meet it, you don't feel down. Because I think sometimes we set, you know, unrealistic goals of what we're going to save. Um... And also, if you do fall off track, see it a bit like a diet, you know, if some if you were saving, but then that money goes because your car's broken down, don't think, oh, I've got no savings again. No, you've done amazing. You've put that money into your savings account and now you've been able to pay for your car. So just start again. Things will go wrong. It's, okay, that's life. It's never going to be smooth sailing. So for, for definitely for that. Um, some other sort of tips that I would do is, you know, if you live on your own, look at maybe like when I was younger, I rented out my spare room in my home. It was me and my husband at the time. We rented out a spare room to students, um, which was a great source of income. You know, they basically paid all our bills and all we had to farm was our mortgage money. So look at that. Um, also looking if you are looking at renting or something like that. Look at maybe going in with a friend um, and renting and not doing everything by yourself. So you're splitting the bills. Um, if you've got a house as well, look at what you can rent out. So like I rent out my drive, as I say, look at renting out your bedrooms, um, look at utilising that, okay? And flipping that as well, like if you're paying for parking every day, go on like my parking app and see if there is like a driveway you can park on every day because somebody does it on mine, for example, um, and you'll save a fortune. Install things into your computer browser such as Honey because what that does is as you go to check out, it automatically searches the entire internet for you of all the discounts that are involved. So as you're checking out, it'll go Honey search, you wait a couple of seconds and then it'll be like, it can be like five pounds off this and they'll just automatically put your code in for you. So if you do a lot of online shopping, which is huge, isn't it? Um, that can really, really help save money as well. 
That's good. And that's free, is it? Yeah, it's a free app to download oh, and install. Good. So yeah. it's it's brilliant because it's free. So you haven't got to pay for it. What about uh, kind of, I know a lot of people are really concerned about uh, utility bills, heating and electricity. What would be your tips on those? The rooms you're not using, if you've got a big house, make sure you turn those radiators off. You know, just turn them on if it's really, really cold months, as I say, and it's getting damp, then sort of once a week, you know, you can heat them up. But you can literally just turn them off by the valves, you know, so just turn them off because that will save you a huge amount of money. Um, getting a smart meter is a good idea as well because you can see how much things are costing. So you can think, oh, I've just boiled that kettle and that's costing me X amount. It makes you think. So I always say, like, each time you boil the kettle, it costs money. So fill it up for the day boil the kettle and pour it into a, a, a what like, I always say thermostat, thermoflask, yeah, isn't thermos it? Yeah, thermoflask. Thermoflask, yes. put, put it in that because it will store the heat for you for the day. Um, and using things like an air fryer or a microwave to cook things less than your oven. And batch cooking is a great one because you only, if you did need to use the oven or you felt like you really wanted to cook in the oven or the slow cooker, if you can cook a, a, a big meal, if there's a family of four, you can do like double, triple and then freeze half of it, then you're saving your money probably on food as well because you can put loads of veg in that for the kids that's what I tend to do like if it's shepherd's pies bolognese blend the mints and the carrots together I've talked about that before and that saves a huge amount of money because mint is so expensive blending the two together batch cooking it up to you using the heating once and then freezing it so I used to do that all the time um and obviously and it's I think it's mindful like your switches there's still I still even go around my friends houses now and they say oh I always do that I look they don't turn every single solitary switch off because it's on standby your tvs everything on the wall that all costs you money and before gas electricity wasn't at this huge height so leaving a switch on you probably weren't noticing it but now it's so expensive you will notice it over the weeks the months and the years so it was just I would say be mindful of everything light bulbs turn them off in the room all these things have been obvious for years like basically probably going back to what your mum told you the heating's not going on till the first of November make sure that light's turned off you could land a plane on this house <laughs> you know all those things that your mum taught you I'm now my mum basically um I've completely and utterly turned into her so yeah just just being mindful you know no one's got a magic wand no one can 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 stop the bills from rising but what what the only thing we can do is is try our best in managing it and and no I think it is disgraceful we should not be living like this and living like in the dark ages and not able to have the heating on and things um I don't agree with it but I'm just trying to give tips to help that that bill isn't horrific so horrific for people when it comes in you know that's really helpful there's really good ideas there and what about grocery shopping grocery shopping is another one um so many people I think find it very hard to um budget when they're around the store especially if you're taking your kids with you that well mine are the same can I have can I have oh it's not fair I want that yogurt I want that yogurt um so that one is is a hard one so I always say to people firstly write a list secondly um what I do is if I am going with the kids or something I'll say to them right I will let you have something right at the end if you've been good and don't ask for a thousand things so I try and sort of set that up before also a great one is the supermarket scanners they automatically as you go round add the price up for you as you go so it makes you when you're seeing something I think a lot of the time is is with numbers you know like um, I'm dyslexic so reading and stuff's not great for me but when you're seeing something online I think a great tip is 
use the scanners if you're not great at budgeting because then I think it'll make you think, okay, well, I have just put those five extra bits in that I don't need. Also, before you go shopping, such an important one is use up what you've got. See, it's like a ready, steady cook idea. You know, go to the freezer. Have you got like a, a clove of garlic left? Have you got some onions left? Have you got a bit of mince left? Have you got some spaghetti left? Um, you know, you might be that you you only need to buy a stock cube or something like that and use things like stock cubes, flavours. I know it's, again, you put pulses in, beans in, cut back on, it's, it's meat and fish and things like this, they do cost money. So it's Googling alternatives to those as well, like what's healthy, what can I eat that is going to give me that same nutrition, um, but cut down the costs and things like that. Um, because you, you can reduce your grocery cut your grocery shop, sorry, by doing things like changing from like branded items. I did, I did it the other day. I picked five items and I made them swap from branded to supermarket own. And on those five items, the saving was £14. That's a lot of money. It's a huge amount of money. So yeah, it's it's about really taking your time to shop as well. And some people say, oh, I've not got the time. But if if I said to you work out your hourly wage and you went to me, okay, after tax and national insurance, I'll take home £10 an hour, right? And I said to you, shopping in the supermarket, going slowly and spending an extra hour is going to save you £30. Equivalent, that's equivalent to three hours' work, isn't it? Do you see what I mean? So when people say... Wow, I've never thought of it like that. I've said it before, like when you go to the gym and you've worked out for like an hour, not that I go to the gym, but if I did, when I, whenever on the odd occasion I have, Zoe, you go there, you come back and you think, that has just taken me... One hour to burn 300 calories. You then look at that chocolate bar and think, I'm not eating that because you, you've sort of worked out how long it's taken you to get rid of that. So it's a thing, I do it like with money, like how long has it taken you to earn that tenner? If you work that out, would you then throw it away so quickly? Do you see what I mean? So I always used to do that to myself. I'd be like when I worked when I was younger at the pub, I'd be like, it's taken me an hour and a half. Obviously, we are going back years. I was younger, minimum wage, etc. An hour and a half doing a job I hate because I didn't like it, to earn £10. I am not just going to go and buy a chocolate bar magazine, a bottle of wine, a packet of fags, whatever it is, willy-nilly. Do you see what I mean? Because, you know, not saying you can't have treats. Of course you can. We all like, you know, things. That, that's, but it's, it's a really, really good one to get your mindset used to what you're earning to what you're spending, I think. I love that. So putting an actual cash value on your time. I think that's really, really good. Yes. I know your key messages are always about being in control of your money and that's so empowering. What do you think we can do to feel in control of our cash? I think not worrying about what other people are doing is probably the best one because the only thing I always think that we've we've 100% all got in common is money. We all earn it. We all need it. It doesn't matter what religion you are, what background you come from, what you look like, who you are. You need money, you've got money. But not one of us is going to have the same bank balance. Not one of us is going to have the same outgoings. Not one of us is going to have the same desires. So I would say to feel in control of your money, don't worry about other people because there's always someone that is going to be worse off than you and there's always someone that's going to be better off than you. So stay in your own lane, I'd say, to feel controlled. Don't worry about what other people are posting on social media. Don't worry if you see someone and they've got a better car or they've got a better house, that is going to happen. And I think if you accept that and you just focus on you, so have goals in your own mind. So like I've always wanted a certain car, but I've waited until I've sort of paid my mortgage off and I've got into this until I've had it. And there's been years and years and years where technically, yeah, I could have afforded it because I could have not saved as much and put into their car. But that was a choice I made. And I've always like been 
I suppose doesn't make me clever or smart or anything. I think, again, that comes down to anxiety. I've been a worrier. Um, but I've just always stayed and focused on myself with money and never focused on other people because there's, I honestly feel like there's no point. Like, we're all so different in monetary terms and don't worry about it. Like, worry about your, yourself. And if you're... To get in control of your money, I think, as well, especially if you're in debt, the first thing you need to do, and the amount of people I've spoken to that have done this and have said, have come back, I've got so many messages, of course, I've never shown them, but they said to me, thank God I did that, is talk about it if you're in debt. I've had so many people that go, oh, my God, now I'm on a plan. I've paid it off. I wanted to, like, take my own life over this. Like, you're right, it was just money, Gemma. Like, you can, money comes and money goes. You can make it back. Like, there is no amount of money that is worth more than you, Nothing. It is just money. No, you are the most important thing in your life. You protecting you and your mental health in your head. Money is irrelevant, really. You need it, and and of course, money doesn't buy happiness. Comment is absolutely rubbish. It does buy happiness because if you can't feed your kids, you can't put food on the table, you can't ever go on holiday. You're pretty miserable, right? You're pretty miserable. So it does buy some form of happiness. Yes, it does, but. We have to talk about it, and I'm so passionate about that. And we have to shout from the rooftops when we've got a deal, shout from the rooftops if we've made a saving. Because why why are we not making that call and that that as an empowering thing? And I have noticed a definite change over Instagram in the last year that people are now doing this, which I think is brilliant. It's rather than just standing in a beautiful go in front of a Ferrari, that's lovely and everything as a picture, but it's not reality. Most people can't afford a Ferrari, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's... Being in control is sort of a long-winded way of saying it, really, but speaking, being open and honest, having good conversations and reaching out if you need help. I think that's so interesting because I don't know about you, but I think when I was growing up, we were always taught not to talk about money. And it is a funny thing, isn't it? Like, why do we not talk about money? We should do, as you say. And and why do we have that negative relationship with it as if it's some kind of dirty secret? Yeah, and I do think that's caused such a huge problem because you're right, like, I wouldn't come on this podcast now. You've asked me all these questions about me. Um, You'd you'd sit there and you'd happily ask me, Zoe, how long have you been with Adam for? How did you meet him? Oh, my God, you get on well? Do you ever argue? Did you... Kids, do you want any more kids? Did it take you long to have both your babies? Why have you got a big gap between your kids? Oh, that's funny, isn't it? Um, Do you find it different between a boy and a girl? You'll ask me everything. How often you've even tell people how often do you do it a week? If people will ask you anything, you would not if I but if I got on this podcast and went, wow, so how much money do you earn off this podcast? Do you make anything on, on advertising or anything? Everyone would be like, oh! <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, but you, but you can ask me absolutely everything. It's like we are programmed not to say that. That is wrong. You cannot say that. And it is mad, really, because if we all spoke about things a bit more and we said, oh, actually, yeah, you know what? I'm on. 40, 50 grand a year. And you know what? We actually are really struggling. Um, so I can imagine how you're feeling, mate, if you're on 30. It might make everybody feel a bit better, you know what I mean? It, it's such a taboo subject. It's You can ask absolutely anything. I hear it all the time. Like, the questions people ask are so personal. But yet, if you speak about money, you're wrong. And people have always kind of been like that. I mean, oh, you're tight. What do you talk about money for? Oh, you're so wrong. But I would listen to what people have asked me. And I think that's so much more personal, what you're asking me. It's just because we're programmed into that's wrong. You mustn't do that, you know? What impact do you think that has on our kids? I think it's huge, actually, because I think they've 
we, we, we instill it. Even you've said you remember from a young age. So I feel like they feel they can't talk about money. They can't ask questions to people so that they grow up. It's not taught in schools properly. You know, we're still doing like pie charts and things like that. Like, when are we actually ever really using that stuff? Why are we not teaching mortgages? What to do if you get into debt? How much something costs? How to save? What to do when you get your first wage wages and it's £1,500 a month and you're 17, 18 and you're, you're living at home and paying mum and dad £100 a month. You are so well off. This is the richest you're ever going to be in your life. Oh, that is so true. <laughs> you don't realise how rich you are. You've got a surplus of 1200 Why are we not teaching our kids this to start putting away six, £700 a month? Then, they've still got six, £700 a month to go out with. Then in a year, our children, within two years, from 18 to 24, would have £25,000, £30,000 in the bank. We'd set them up. We're not teaching this stuff. We're not talking to the... We're not talking. And that is true. That does happen because I spoke to my sister about this and from 18 to 21, she saved a huge amount of money and she always says, you're right, you, you sat down and said that to me and I was like, wow, okay. And she she bought her first home and her, and her wages were not good wages. Do you see what I mean? So it can be done, but I don't think it's spoken about. It's never spoken about, is it, you know? And I've never thought of saying that to my kids as they grow older. That's such a good idea. I know you're a real advocate for money management classes to be included in schools, as you've mentioned. Why do you think that's not on the curriculum at the moment? I have no idea. Um, I really, really want to push to do it. You know, I'm speaking um, about it with my management and I want to speak to other TV companies and I'm speaking to a producer this week about even maybe possibly trying to get like a TV show on it, getting me into the schools, talking to the kids, seeing what the kids want. You know, what do you want to be taught? Uh, are we listening to our kids? Because I honestly think, like, I've spoken to lots of teenagers and they're like, oh, my God, Jim, I'd love somebody that's just, you know, not a financial advisor, not a maths teacher, someone that struggled at school just to come in and say, look, I've done it. I, I didn't earn a lot of money, but this is what I've done. I have saved. I have got the car I wanted. I have got there. It's, but it's taken me 20 years to get there. Don't worry. And lots of children want that. They want to know, like, I've said to them before, like, <laughs> I've asked a couple of sort of kids, even from my son's age up to 17 since I've been doing this, how much do you think that house is? And just pointed at a house. And I've had anything from £200 to £8 million. I'll give you an idea. It was probably worth, it was, it's down in Essex. It was a terrace house, probably worth about 300000 But no one had a clue. Do you see what I mean? So it was just an interesting, I thought, because they're not taught it, are they? But they could probably no. tell you everything about Romans and everything like that that they're learning in school and Egypt and pyramids, which I'm not saying isn't important, it is, but this is so important, right, money? Well, it means they start out in life and they've got no idea what they're up against, really, do they? No, they don't know any, They don't know about debt. They don't know what to do. And um, I've had so many people that said to me, like, I literally don't even know what to do if I'm in debt, you know? Yes. What can we do as parents to encourage our kids to have a healthy relationship with money? I think sit down... And talk to them and say it's nothing to be it's nothing to be worried about. It's nothing to be fearful of. If you're you ever want any money advice, um, if you ever are worried, even if you don't want to speak to us, speak to a friend. Speak to a uh, there's lots of there's the National um, Debt Helpline. That's a free line you can call. There's companies out there that will give free advice, and I'd say to them just just talk is the main thing. Just talk and ask questions, and no questions too silly. You know, nothing's nothing's too silly. When should we start giving pocket money, and how much should we give? I always think that's a personal choice. Like I'd never, I actually don't agree with like setting a, oh, I do this, you should do that. Because again, I think money's personal and the way of we're all different and we've all got different values. And, you know, I've got friends that will give their children 
on that, the Go Henry card, Brody's nearly 10, he gets £2 a week, but he comes home now and says to me, such and such, he gets £10 a week, such and such, he gets £20 a week. And that's absolutely fine because that's what their mum and dad want to do. I don't want to do that. So I would say, look at it on you and what you want to do and what you think. For me at the moment, it's not about giving Brody money. He's nine and 10 years old, he doesn't need it. It's about him understanding that he wants these um, bubble tea drinks and they're nearly £5 to buy one. You know, it's so much money. He now realises he has to wait two and a half weeks before he can buy another one. So the first week he bought one for him and his sister and then he was like, the next week he was like, oh, I'm going to get another one of those bubble teas and my go Henry. Went, You're not because it's only like £2 on there and they're £5. So for me, it's just about trying to make him understand money. It's not about physically giving him a lot of money. But again, doesn't mean I'm right. There's no right or wrong with that answer. You can do it from age three or four, say, no, that's too much money and give them 10p. Whatever you feel is right. But I think whatever you do is, is, a, is a great tip and idea, you know, to make them budget and make them think. But I, what I would think, the only thing I'd say is, like, stick to your guns as well. Like, if you give them, even if you're giving them £100 a week, I'm not to say what's right and wrong, but don't, if they then spend that money, the best thing you can do is not then replace it because their boss, at the end of the month, won't then give them extra money. You know what I mean? You can't go to your boss at the end of the month and say, thanks for that free grand. We're only on the 19th and I've spent it all. Can I have some more? <laughs> Do you imagine? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. So I'd say whatever you're doing, be like, try and be like that with them because that gets them into budgeting. Be cruel to be kind in that way. So whatever the amount is, that's on you. But that's the one thing I would definitely say you need to do. Do you think they should earn pocket money? Yes and no with that one. So like, I did one on the school holidays and I, I thought yes because it gets some good use to into routine. And they're off for such a long period of time that... I just thought it was a really great idea to get them involved. But I don't necessarily always think they should earn for pocket money um, because I, I think, you know, they should go and put their plate in the dishwasher for free and not really like thinking they're getting paid to do everything in life. So there's a fine line of it. But if it's like an extra job, for example, like all my skirting boards needed cleaning down, but that, that Brody's only nine and he was like, oh, sitting there bored. So I said to him, if you go and do that, mummy will give you a pound and then you can buy that toy in Poundland that you want. So he did all that for me and then he understood what working and earning the money was so again I think it's it's each to their own it's what you want to do but I think pocket money probably shouldn't be an earned thing that should be a, a thing that you give them but stick to it because that's the problem with pocket money parents give it kids spend it and parents just hand out more hand out more and kids grow up to think that they can just ask for more but I think we've got to be cruel to be kind now and be like no it's spent you've got to wait till next month or next week to get more so tell me about your book, Money Mum Official, Save Yourself Happy. What's it about and how can it help parents to save money? It's not just, even though it's called Money Mum, I definitely would say it's not just for parents, it's for everybody. I would say there's, it's for all walks of life and for everybody. It's a, it's a lot about, obviously, money mindset, the anxiety around money. And I'd say it's a bit like a diary that you can dip in and out of at any point in your life. It's got really clear, easy sections in it. There's there's a load of tips and useful tips in there. There's how to start saving. There's what to do if you're in debt. There's tips and tricks on how to earn a bit of extra cash. And also it's sort of like my backstory and overcoming anxiety, I would say, is a huge, 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 huge part of the book because I really do think it's linked to money and mental health. Um, so, yeah, there's lots and lots of sections in the book. Um, although it is a money tips book, it's also, I also think there's such a such a thing in your mind that goes around to make you good with money, you know. I think, you know, you're not, we're all born in different ways. We've all got different minds. Like, I think I was born anxious and I was born a warrior. And I think 
actually that's helped me with saving money, but it's been detrimental to other sides of my life. Whereas I've got friends that are like, got real carefree attitude. They're terrible with money. They've never got any money and they've earned probably loads more than me in their part in their life. But they've got a fantastic outlook on life and I wish I had so many of their traits in other things. So it's a it's a real mixture. It's, it's trying to learn from each other. And I think that's a, that comes with age and learning and talking and it's life experiences, doesn't it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You've mentioned clearing debts. How? What's the best way to clear debts if you've got a really large credit card bill that you're trying to chip away at or you've got loans? The best, I mean, obviously the most, the, the best thing you can do is to move on to anything that's 0% interest if you can do that, um, 0% on a balance, which just means taking that part of that balance, putting it onto that credit card where there's no interest. You've still got, if you've got a £1,000 debt on that one, and you've accrued £400 of that as interest, that is still going to go across to the credit card that's got 0% on it. You're still going to have that £1,000, but it's not going to grow. So then you can chip away at it, chip away at it. If you've not in that option and you've exhausted all those, pay off the debt with the highest interest first. You know what I mean? Because otherwise you're always going to be constantly behind yourself. And even if you are chipping away at it, slowly do that. And if you are, it's so overwhelmed and you don't even know where to start, go to somewhere like the Citizen Advice and say, right, where can I get free practical advice from? Because there's some, there's obviously, there's, there is things you can do, there's agencies out there that will wipe the debt after a certain length of time, but that will affect your credit score from getting things. But it depends how far down the line you are. It's a hard one to answer. Um, but there's, there's a point at every single point you can get out of it. And at least if you go and get advice and they say, if we do this, it's going to affect your credit score, you might think, okay, it's £500, it's manageable. If I cut back on this, this, this and this, I can pay that debt off. And if you really think, no, I can't, I'm in such a situation, I need to go down this route, then you've got those options. Um, because there's, no, there's nothing that can't be solved by talking. I really do believe that. Yeah, and knowledge is power, isn't it? Of course, yeah. So... Uh, when it comes to having kids and a family, it's so expensive, isn't it? So what are your tips on school uniform and shoes, school dinners, packed lunches, school trips, out-of-school activities, all that kind of stuff that comes with having kids? Um, yeah, kids, they're expensive, um, definitely. <laughs> I've got two. Um, school uniform, a great one with that is is buy out a season. So, for example, we've just ended the summer and we're coming into the winter now. So what would be a really good tip is go into like the supermarkets and stuff because supermarkets are so good for like school uniforms. Absolutely brilliant. Go in there and buy the next year. So like if your kid's four to five, go and buy five to six in the polo shirts because those polo shirts that were three pounds, they then whack them in the sale for like one pound, one pound fifty. So so many years I've bought like Bronte and Brody's polo shirts for PE for literally one, two pound. So that's a really good one I'd say is like getting at buying out of season. Um, looking at supermarkets again is a really good one also a lot of schools do secondhand uniform um where you can buy secondhand uniform so obviously that's going to save you a lot of money especially if you've got blazers and things like that, that the kids have to buy because they're expensive and also speaking to other parents as well so they might have an older sibling and a younger sibling maybe you could swap with other parents so school dinners um if, if depending on the income that you're earning, you can get help with dinners and free school dinners. So again, that's something you'd need to look into. Um, and if you're unsure as well, just go into the school and ask them for advice on, you know, are you eligible for any help with school dinners? So it's always worth um, speaking and reaching out. And obviously, if you're doing sort of packed lunches because you've not got the free school meals or your children maybe don't like them, um, just look for offers and look for um, bulk buying. And um, bulk buying's great if you've got a large family. It's not good if you're a single person and you're like, oh, 
going to buy this offer where I get a giant tub of mayonnaise because it's going to go off. So again, it's it's uh, tailoring it. But if you've got like kids bulk buying and planning m- planning the meals out is a really good idea. And only buying what's on offer. I know like my kids will say, I really like those cakes, mum. And I'll be like, well, we're not having them this week because they're not on offer anymore. They've gone back up to three quid. So we sort of have a joke about it because Brody now even says, and even like nowadays, obviously like, where I've not got a mortgage, I'm not going to lie. Like, I hate that when people say, I, I can afford, and that's why I say we can talk about money, I can afford now to buy that £3 thing. I don't, I want him to learn and, and to grow. Do you know what I mean? So I'll be like, and also I want value for money. So I'm like, I paid a pound for that last week. There's no way I'm paying £3 for it this week. So I'll be like, mm. no, it's not an offer. So you've got different cakes this week and things like that. So he, we, he now has a laugh about it. He, if he's even said to me, right, he's nine, and he'll go, that's not an offer, mum. We better not buy that one. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I'm like, that's right, Brody, it's not. We're not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll set him up, though, for when he's shopping. Yeah, of course, yeah. Mm. And so what about school trips? Because they can be really expensive, can't Don't they? send them. Don't let them go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, school trips, yeah, wow. Um, we've just, we had one yesterday. It was one on sort of the, oh, we, don't, we, don't, we do one at Christmas. Um that's a hard one, isn't it? Because you've got to find the money. You feel like you've got. You feel like you've got to find the money because they're going on that school trip. Because all the other kids are going. Maybe try and put some money, like envelopes. My mum was used to do when we were younger for things like that throughout the year. So start saving in January. So even if you're just putting like, two, three, four pounds a month away into an envelope, so that when they do ask for those ten, twenty pounds on those trips, you've got them. That's probably the best way I can say it because no one's going to not want to send their kid on it. That's the price of it. It's not like you can do anything. So I think with that, that's a good planning one. And what about out-of-school activities? Like you mentioned at the start, you know, if your daughter does ballet, if your son does football, it, it all adds up, doesn't it? Yeah, it really, really does. I think as well is like finding what they really, really love. Um, because Brody's gone for a stage of saying things like, oh, I want to do tennis, I want to do football, I want to do rugby, I want to do cookery, I want to do everything that comes to him. I want to do drama. And... He did, he did jiu-jitsu for a bit and then they moved that. He really actually enjoyed that. But he does drama every Saturday and he absolutely loves that. And he came home yesterday and asked to do about another four things. So with Brody's school, there's a few free things he can do after school. So there's a free cookery class they're offering now. So we do one paid thing a week and then he does football um, with the school um, once a week and he does cookery with the school once a week and they've got um, like a, a, a karate one that he now wants to start um, which I may look at him doing if that's a paid activity so I think he's I think sort of saying to them okay what are you there's five things you want to do what is it you want to do the absolute most what would you really like to do and if they say oh I really 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 want to do ballet mum then pay for that one and then if they say oh you know like I like football look around for for a free class class or club that does that or invite their friends over and have a kick about in the garden you know because obviously you can't pay and do everything and it's okay to say no to your kid as well like that, why should they have everything anyway and that sounds really harsh but they're not going to get everything in life so it's fine to be like no I'm sorry literally say to them mummy daddy we can't afford to send you really really sorry so we, which we can we'll do one for you but which one is it that you want? And just have a, just be honest with them as well. Like, don't don't feel that you can't say that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so do you have any tips on saving in the run-up to major events like Christmas and the big summer holidays? That always ends up being so expensive. 
Yeah, so on my Instagram, I did it last year, on Boxing Day, I did a thing that if you put away £2 a day from Boxing Day until the following year, something like £726 you'll save up. And a couple of people put, oh, that wouldn't be enough, da 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 Well, for me personally, it would be plenty. Like, I always think, like, Christmas is... The Christmas Day, like, is a roast dinner. Like, I think we go absolutely mental other than the sausages and bacon. Yes. Like, so it is just a roast dinner. Do you really spend hundreds of pounds on a Sunday roast? No. I'm talking about if you need to cut back, okay? So this is, this is for people that want to save at Christmas. So, like, you can do things like that. Like, with Brody and Bronte, all the other years when we haven't had it, especially because they've been younger, that Brody, I remember him saying to me, oh, I hope I, hope I get 15 toys from Santa at Christmas. So I went into Poundland and bought him like 15 items because we didn't have much money that year, wrapped them up and he was as happy as Larry and so was Bronte. Me and Adam didn't buy for each other. We did like, you can do like a secret Santa with the family where you'll say, right, everyone's spending £20 on one person so that person's getting a nice gift if there's 10 of you. So you're not buying for Uncle Bill, Uncle Fred, Frank. We just literally did like the one adult didn't buy for anybody else. We had a great time. We still all got together. We, we played games on, like, there's free games on the internet. People bought their games round. Just did literally a roast dinner. And I, as I say, I bought the sausages and bacon. I remember thinking, like, what? you can do this really reasonable. And then, like, the next day, we just had some cheese and biscuits out that evening. And everyone chipped in as well. Like, someone was like, oh, I'll be in the quality streets. I'll be in the cheese and biscuits. And if you all bring something and have those conversations, because I hear that a lot. So many people go, oh, it's oh, oh yeah, they're all coming to me. That's costing me 250 quid to do everything. Because it is, if you're paying for everything, the drinking thing, will be like, Joe, I, I can't, I, I want you to come over, but I can't afford to do the entire party. So you're going to have to bring the cheese and the biscuits. You're going to have to bring the wine. You're going to have to bring that. And again, splitting the costs as well. A lot of what you've been saying really saves you on time and energy as well, doesn't it? You know, I was thinking when you were talking about batch cooking and getting like the shopping in and things like that, if you can ask other people to help you or if you could do more, it does save you time as well, which we're always time short as mums, aren't we? So what about for days out? Taking the kids out for a day can really add up, can't it, if you're going to go to an attraction and have lunch out, maybe. Mm. So a good one with that is if you literally Google three things to do with my kids in your area, me and Adam do this all the time, it will bring you up a list of your area. So you can then, and then it will tell you, and a lot of the sites are so good, they're so in-depth, they'll tell you like, it's £4 apart, but if you park down the road, it's free. And obviously taking packed lunches and drinks with you is a must. I always take water, uh, the bottle, water bottles with me and I always get them filled up. But we and Adam always go for a coffee when we're out because we enjoy that. And sometimes obviously the kids get a nice drink and we'll buy the odd ice cream, but I take all like snacks and um, everything with me. So, you know, they still go out for like an amazing day. Um, and even if we go to like, um, <clears throat> say like a Chesington or a Legoland I always take um, my packed lunches with me because I think firstly a lot of the time the food in them parks is not that great you've got a choice you can sit down there's loads of areas and picnic areas that you can do so we'll do that and then right at the end of the day we might go oh let's all go and get an ice cream we'll buy like one thing but we save a fortune doing that and it all rounds like the big amusement parks nowadays They've got all the water fountains, so you can fill up your drinks all day. So me and Adam always do that with the kids. We just fill up the waters all day. Yeah, I do the same with mine. Yeah, always take packed lunches. I think it makes such a difference. And actually, we went out for a day out not long ago and decided to go out for lunch, and we wasted loads of time trying to choose the place to go, and I thought it's much better taking a picnic. Yeah. <laughs> I know paying off your mortgage was really 
uh, paying it off early was really important for you. Would you say that would be a top goal for most families? And what about if that just seems impossible? Do you think it's possible for everyone to chip away at their mortgage? No. I don't think it's possible for everybody to pay their mortgage off. No, definitely not. Um, I think as well, as I say, right place, right time. I bought two buy-to-lets when the deposits were 5% and you could get buy-to-lets. The property then went mad in London. Do you know what I mean? So it's timing as well, um, which is a bit of... Call it like call it what you want. I still did it as a young girl when in and and as I say, I bought when I bought the property as well. You had to put down a certain amount, and my parents are not well off at all. I remember, I said to my dad, "Look, do you want to come in with me on this property in Walthamstow? We'll go fifty fifty on the property. We'll go fifty fifty on the profit, which is exactly what we did." Um, and I would say to people now, if you do want to get a buy to let, look at doing it maybe with a family member or maybe with a friend, like someone you can really, really trust um, and splitting everything. Because if they don't pay the rent, which they didn't loads of times over the 10 years, you can then go, right, okay, the mortgage is £1,000, right, you've got to pay 500 and they've got to pay 500 so you're taking the risk. Yes, at the end of the day, if the property raises 100000 you're not going to get that, you're only going to get 50000 but you've got the less of the pressure. So for me, that was the best idea. Um, so that's how I got that big lump sum. But I think people can chip away at their mortgage if they've got no debt. So that's another big thing. If you've got no debt, then yes, and you've got surplus income, then yes. But it's it's which it's what choices you want to make, you know. Do you want to have a takeaway once a week or do you think, no, do you know what, £40 a week off my mortgage, £200 a month, you're probably going to knock a good few years off your mortgage. So again, that's that's up to the individual and that's up to choices. Um, but if you want to do it, I think, I think with most of us, if you want to do something and you set your mind to it, anyone, and we really want it, then yeah, of course you can. You might not be able to pay it off, within like five years, but you might be able to reduce it from 25 years to 18 years. You know what I mean? If you put your mind to it. And actually, you'd be really surprised if you use a mortgage calculator, paying an extra £100 a month off how, if you've, especially if you've got a big mortgage, how much quicker that clears your, clears your mortgage. Like, it's unbelievable because it eats into the interest. It's really shocking. I've had so many of my friends that I've made do that. I'm like, right, you need to pay £100 a month off your mortgage. And they're like, oh, my God, I'm going to finish my mortgage 10 months earlier or three years earlier or whatever mortgage they've got. They're like, that's absolutely crazy. And I'm saving like £15,000 worth of interest. So definitely play around with the mortgage calculators because they're brilliant to, again, visualise it. It's mad, isn't it? I've done that with the kids, showing them the compound interest calculators and they find it fascinating. It's really good, isn't it, to, to show just how money grows, either in a good way or a bad way. So what about savings? How much should people try to save each week or month if they can? I know you're going to say it's a personal thing, but what do you think you should always try to find a way of saving a little bit, even if you've got nothing left at the end of each month? Now, if you've got nothing left, you can't save nothing from nothing. You can't you can't magic up a tenner if you've not got it. However, I think saving is always do that at the start of the month if you are a saver. Once you've worked out your money, so if you know you've got a surplus of, let's just say a thousand pounds a month after you've paid all your bills, which I know is a lot of money. Most people don't have this. Is just a generic. I would then say right, then work out what you what you want to spend a week. Okay, like you've bought your food, you bought everything. This is just for you going out. Are you really going to spend more than hundred pound a week? If not and your goal is to want to save £500 a month, do it on day one. So put it in, use act act like it's a bill. So I always call it dead money. So the minute I get paid, I pay that money in. And my friends have always said when we've been growing up, oh, but you've got all this money in the savings. Of course you can come out tonight to a, a pizza or whatever. I'm like, no, that's my dead money because I'm saving to pay my mortgage off. And I acted like I didn't have it. 
even though in theory I had thousands sitting there, I could have easily gone out for that pizza. I was working off what I had left in my bank account because I had a goal and I was really strict with it. So we have a series of questions that we ask all of our guests. So I'd like to fire them at you if that's okay. What would be the two things that you would tell your 18-year-old self if you had the chance? Don't, don't worry about things and walk away from people that, that, that make you feel really down and low. What are the three things that you love to do every day? So what gives you a great routine start and end to the day? I love having a cup of coffee every day. <laughs> um, I love seeing people. I'm always out and about seeing people. It gives me, it gives me great pleasure. Um, and I would say like bath time with the kids because I just enjoy that time. It's just us and having a little chat at the end of the day. And what would be the one piece of advice you'd give to someone wanting to take control of their money as the cost of living rises? I suppose write it all down and see where you are at the end of it. Sometimes it's not as bad when you see it all written down. And if it is that bad, then then act on it, you know, and talk to someone. Well, it's been great talking to you, Gemma. Thank you so much. Have you got any other tips or advice that you wanted to add in? I don't think so. I think we've, I think we've chatted we've quite a lot. lot there. <laughs> <laughs> I've certainly got a plan of attack now, that's for sure. Oh, thank you so much for having me on as well. It's been lovely speaking with you. You can find out more of Gemma's advice through her daily tips on Instagram and TikTok. Just search Money Mum Official. And you can read more of her suggestions on the Birmingham Live website and on the Brummy Mummy's Facebook page too. Her book, Money Mum Official, Save Yourself Happy, is out now as well. Brummy Mummies is a laudable production, produced by Matt Millard. You can download or stream new episodes every fortnight on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple. You'll find more money-saving ideas on our other podcasts too, so be sure to have a look at some of our other episodes and subscribe and tell your friends about them. Follow Brummy Mummies on social media for lots more ideas and sign up to our free newsletter via the Birmingham Live website. See you next time. <laughs>